The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hey, we are back for another Sunday. Welcome to episode 22 of the Dan Scott Show. I am Dan. Show, as always, presented by our nonprofit organization, Grand Slam Ministries. It is good to have you with us. So thankful that you continue to join us on a weekly basis. And all we ask of you is two things, really. That is, interact with us, let us know what you think about the show, and share it with other people. And then a third thing would be to, on occasion, perhaps financially support what we are doing. And you hear about ways to do that during our breaks over the course of the hour. But we want to welcome all of you. We're thankful to our 12 affiliates who are carrying the show live on Sundays at varying times in places across the country and internationally. Six over the air, six online. God has just continued to bless us as we are still in the infancy stages of what we are doing on this show and with Grand Slam Ministries and just trying to be faithful. Thank you for continuing to support what we do. And again, we just ask that you share it with your friends, tell your friends and family about it, and help us grow the audience. Our show today is an example of why I do what I do and why I love doing this radio show and why I'm so thankful this is where God has led me because we get to tell stories like the story of Rachel Joy Rohe. You may know her as Rachel Joy Barbo. That's her maiden name. She recently got married. But the first female host of College Sports Nation on Sirius XM, she has been a sideline reporter. She has done so many things in her life, blazing trails for women in the sportscasting realm, and yet had a dark side to her life that almost took her life. We're going to talk to her about that, about her book called Relentless Joy, Finding Freedom, Passion, and Happiness, even when you have to fight for it, when we come back on the other side of this quick message. Don't go away. This is The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor? an influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of The Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure the Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. 
Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. This is episode 22 of The Dan Scott Show. Thank you for joining us, whether it's live on whatever affiliate you're listening to, one of our 12 affiliates live on Sundays, or uh, via the podcast archive, Dan Scott Show podcast. Just search wherever you get your podcast and you'll find it there. Or you just go to danscottshow.org and access it from the affiliates and archives page. Every episode that we've done all the way back to the very first one on January the 8th of this year is there. Plus there's some other stuff uh, archived from back when it was more of a sports only podcast with some pretty decent interviews there, depending on how far down that rabbit trail you want to go. But it's all available at danscottshow.org, the Affiliates and Archives page, or just wherever you get your podcast, search the Dan Scott Show podcast. Our guest this week, as mentioned, has just an amazing story of God's grace and the change that Jesus has done in her life. Rachel Joy Rohe, and again, you may know her better as Rachel Joy Barbo her maiden name, blazed trails for women in the realm of sports casting for a long time and uh, did it with a lot of flair and a lot of excitement. She has done pretty much everything from sideline reporting to, as mentioned, being the first female host of College Sports Nation on SiriusXM, even went through a football training camp, which you're going to hear about in this interview. But as we always do. We tell these stories on the show, and largely they're about the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. Rachel had a dark side to her story that included a drug use and suicide attempt, or at least thoughts of suicide. So mental health has become a big thing in her life, and what she does chiefly now is speak about that largely on college campuses. We began the interview by talking about the process she went through in writing her brand new book that's coming out later this month, Relentless Joy. Uh, It was so hard. I want to tell anybody who wants to write a book, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I I just got my author copies in, so I'm like, um, which is just amazing. But I, I, you know, I just put out something on Twitter and it was like, look, you know, a friend had written something about, about the book and about me and, and, um, and I shared it and I said, look, this is, if you're reading this, it's not a, hey, look at me. It's all about me. This is a, a call to you to dust off your dreams, dust off the dust bunnies, get them out of the toilet, get them out of the, off the shelf. You too have a book, a movement, a passion project, a woodworking project, a, a something in you that makes your soul sing, that makes you happy. And, you know, we've gotten too busy, too sick, too tired, too whatever. And you, you put it to the side. And I said, so you know, there were times when I was writing this book where I wanted to quit. I dealt with imposter syndrome, Dan, where I remember the first, you know, I'd written a few chapters and the, um, and, and the treatment, which is the hardest. And I remember I was writing and, and I remember thinking, God, this is, what am I going to, you know, the devil just had a hold of me and he was like, you're stupid. You know, like what, 
what do you have to say that somebody's never said before, you know, and, and uh, nobody's going to read this. And I wrote a particular chapter and I, I, and this is a powerful tool. I went ahead and envisioned myself recording it for the audiobook because I believed I was going to get an audiobook, and, and, you know, even though I didn't feel it in the moment, my future self believed it. And so I recorded it myself speaking the chapter and I sent it to a friend and then I listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's good. Like, that's really good. And then, then my friend messaged me and said, Rachel, like she was crying. She was like, this is really good. And I just shook off that imposter syndrome. And I just told the devil to take a hike and kiss my grits and that I was going to write like with re reckless abandon. So I say all that to say is it's relentless joy. It's coming out June 20th. Um, and I have laughed with people and said it would have been much easier to write a work of fiction, you know, because this is my life. And so every hard thing got dredged up. Every beautiful thing got dredged up. Uh, and then writing is also very lonely. You know, I have four bonus kids. I'm married. Um, I still go by my maiden name, Barbeau, but my name is Rachel Joy Rohe. And so, you know, when you're creating, when you're doing a podcast like you're doing, when you're writing a book, you're not with a group of people. You're not socializing. You're not at the ball game. You're not at the gymnastics meet. You're not taking somebody to volleyball. You're 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 separated, right? And uh, and it's hard. And so, I say all that to say is there's so much um, work that goes into it. But then when you see it in like book form or podcast form, it just woo, it's mind blowing. <laughs> and what you find out through the process is, is if it's God's calling on your life, yeah, it's going to get done. And it's going to get done sometimes in spite of the person who's doing it, but usually with the surrender to God, it says, okay, you want me to do this, I'm going to do it, and, and he's going to see you through it. And let me say, I, I, a girlfriend just wrote this. She said, uh, I'm telling you, she said, in letting you know this book will shake you up inside because I'm telling you it will. I'm three chapters in and it's a soul food I've been needing to ignite the fire inside me that has been close to being extinguished. My friend Rachel Joy is a woman of many talents. Maybe some of you know her from being a sportscaster. But, um, you know, that's why I wrote it. You know, ultimately, the difference between ego and God's glory as a Christian is I didn't write this for my ego, Dan. I, my ego... Uh, I, I don't need it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to feed my ego in this worldly world. I wrote this because God specifically said, my child, I have brought you through these things so that you will tell your story. I've given you the mouth of the South. <laughs> you know, I've given you a, a loud mouth that'll talk a lot. Just ask my husband and my broadcasting career. And I've given you the ability to write. And, um, and I know you, you will let me use you for my glory. And so that's why I always, whenever I'm doing social media or anything, I remind people, this is not for my glory. Do I want to sell, be a bestseller? Heck yes. You know why? Because it means that that many people will have this copy in their hands and will have their lives affected by this book. You know, I, I just saw on Twitter right before we started this, the, the post that you <laughs> shared with your friend writing that. And, and we're doing the interview via Zoom. Our listeners aren't going to be able to see it, but the emotion that welled up inside you that was genuine emotion to have a, a friend of yours saying such words over something that you did. I mean, I, I can tell it really moved you. It, you know, uh, whew, wow. And, and it's uh, still moving you. <laughs> it's still, and, and here's why I, um, 
I have battled in my life um, to be a very confident person. I have battled this, this, um, you know, this ability to receive compliments. Okay. And God has done a miracle in me. And so I used to be so uncomfortable when somebody would give me a compliment, Dan, that I would literally dig my fingernails in my hand and I would turn around and I would genuinely now I would turn around and give somebody else a compliment back, you know, just to take it off of me. And the Lord really has shown me and some family members that went on to heaven showed me that, hey, when somebody gives you a compliment, it is a gift. It is something that they believe about you. So when your husband says, baby, you look beautiful in that dress and you say, oh, this old thing, you know, or that looks big, you know, no, he's actually trying to give you a gift. When somebody says this book changed my life, that's a gift they're giving me. So now what I do, Dan, is I put my hand over my heart and when I read her words and I just, I say, thank you. And I genuinely receive them. And I continually ask God to, you know, to mold my heart and to, and to form me and to heal me in a sense that I can feel those compliments deeply. You know, it's interesting as we have been doing this radio show and we are 20 plus weeks into it now. And the premise is God is still working in people's lives. And, and there's stories that you don't hear by and large in the mainstream media. And what I'm finding out more and more is that there are, are people in high profile positions, athletes and other places who are looking for places they feel comfortable in sharing these stories. And I know that, that you have done countless interviews and, and the book and, and, and everything else. But, but when did you reach that comfort level of opening yourself up and, and, and really, I, I hate to use the phrase exposing the demons. We're going to talk about that in, in just a moment, but, but exposing yourself to the world like that and say, this is who I was and this is where God has brought me. Yeah. Uh, we call it in my movement and I'm changing the narrative. We call it radical vulnerability. You know, Dan, I can't pinpoint a particular time um, that I said, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to, I've always been an open individual. Um, but somewhere along the way, I, I learned the secret to radical vulnerability. And that is when you get radically vulnerable and say, I've been there, I've been addicted. I've battled with so-and-so I've gone through this. I've lived through abuse. I've, you know, um, I'm, I'm learning, unlearning generational, you know, habits and patterns and breaking curses. When you do those things, it, allows people around you to have a comfort level and sharing their junk too because here's the reality we are we really we we're all walking around with this harbinger of perfection around our neck i need to be perfect i need to be perfect i need to be perfect people aren't drawn to you with your perfections they're more drawn to you to your imperfections than they ever were your perfections and people are drawn to relatability right and um it was last not this christmas but last uh, the, the part of my story where I talk about addiction, I went to my husband and I told him, I said, I feel like God is calling me to talk about that. And that part of my life, I never talked about. And the reason why was because I had an agent, bless his soul, that told me, um, because I was sharing this at the Love Lady Center, I've been going for 10 years. It's a women's Christian halfway house where you know, these women can get jobs and bring their kids and get God. And it's just amazing and save countless lives. And I've been giving my testimony for 10 years. So I said, you know, he had heard years ago, my agent, he had heard, you know, me talk about that. And he said emphatically, you cannot talk about this anywhere outside 
of that, of, of the love lady, because it will keep you from getting a job. And I was like, but it was like seven, eight years ago, you know, like I, I what I've been delivered from that. He's like, no. So what he did was he inadvertently attached shame to my story mm-hmm. big time. Right. And, and I didn't know that. And so then God began to call me and call me and call me because I'm doing my paperwork right now to start working in prisons and going into prisons. And, and I just went to my husband and I said, can I talk about it? Do I have your blessing and bless my amazing husband's heart? He said, yes. And so it allowed me to have a conversation with my now 15 year old daughter. And I sat her down and I said, I want to tell you what, you know, your bonus mama went through, you know, in her twenties and what she battled through. And she was like gobsmacked, you know, she was just like, what? I would have never thought that about you. And she said, I just want you to know it doesn't make me think anything different of you. And I'm so glad you told me. So it allowed me to have a conversation with my children about the dangers of drugs, about, about, you know, all of the things about addiction, about all of that, about shame, about the devil. And, um, and so I thank my husband. I, in a weird way, thank that agent. Um, I wish I would have started talking sooner, but he was a part of the story too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I can't pinpoint it, but I do call it radical vulnerability. You know, it's interesting. God is opening more doors for me to speak to churches and yes. and, and things and, and sharing my testimony. And, and it's that fine line. You don't want to glorify the things you've been through, but you have to share those so people can see where you were and where you are now. And the only way you got there was because of the grace of God. For me, it was being sexually abused as, as a young child by a group of older boys and and all the insecurity and things that, that I grew up with because of that. But I, I cannot tell you how many times I'll, I'll speak to a church or I spoke to a Celebrate Recovery uh, uh, meeting just a couple of weeks ago, and somebody will walk up to me. It may just be one person, but it almost always happens who says, that was me, yeah. that that your testimony yeah. and my life are, are so much alike. And, and that's yeah. when you know that God is in this. That's, yes. that's when you know, right? And it's always about, it's one life. Uh, I, I've been able to impart this to my bonus kids too. A while back, somebody said, well, you know, step in there or something on her post. She, but she doesn't have a lot of likes. And I said, honey, it's not about, told my babies, it's not mm-hmm. about the number of likes. It's if one, I, I've never done things for numbers. I've done things for souls and I've done things for a soul. Um, if I walk into a room and speak at, let's just say TCU and one player is affected, I won. God won that day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I ran my race well. I'll lay my head on the pillow and know that I did what I was supposed to do with my day. So I, I want to impart that to people that are listening to your amazing show is please do not get caught up in the likes and the quantity because it'll suck the comparison is a thief of joy. And we know that. And you'll start comparing your marriage before you know it to another marriage. You'll start comparing your your family, your bank account. You'll start comparing your social media status, somebody else. And before you know, it'll suck the joy right out of you. You know, it's interesting because before I was saved, I I did a daily three-hour sports talk show on the Clemson University flagship station for 11 years. Tremendous success, huge audience, had a great impact with, with raising money and all kinds of stuff. Lost that job, got saved six months later, and and God has done a, just a, an amazing job, as he always does, of, of moving my life in, in a direction, but the audience has never been the same. And sometimes I say to myself, okay, God, now I'm yours. Where's the crowd? But it's those moments 
where one person or two people will come up to you and say, what you said impacted me. And that's when I finally started to figure out just what you said. It's not how many, it's who. And I, I, I teared up a little bit. I, I'd heard this, um, this adage that said, when we get to heaven, God will show us the people that we impacted. And this, this old, I think it was like, you know, the, a meme or a cartoon of Billy Graham, you know, God bless his soul. When he gets there, all the people that will say, you touched me, you affected my life. And so um, I think it's important to remember as a Christian that we don't work for worldly applause. At the end of the day, I want to make God proud. That's it. That's, I want to make God proud. I want to make my family proud. But but in a in a in a larger sense, an eternal sense, I want to make God proud. Rachel Rohi is joining us. Yeah. Uh, the book is under <laughs> Rachel Joy Barbo, her uh, maiden name. It's called yeah. Relentless Joy, Finding Freedom, Passion, and Happiness, Even When You Have to Fight for It. I'm going to continue to talk about that. I, I want to go all the way back, though, and uh, start unpacking a little bit. I said we were going to get in the weeds with your blessing. Yeah. So um, I saw an interview with you from earlier this year you did with CBN and yeah. and you used a, a term in there that caught my attention when you, you used the term father wound, because mm-hmm. at my church, our men's ministry, and I don't know if you've heard of this, but we've gone through Robert Lewis's quest for authentic manhood. And one yeah. of, one of the things that you address in that is the father wound. So mm-hmm. when I saw that, my antenna went up, I, I'm just going to let you kind of tell tell that story in those circumstances. Yeah, I have my, if I had a joke and say this in the book, if my episode had a name, it would be my four dads. <laughs> so that just tells you everything. Now, listen, I never hurt for love, uh, but I certainly had some dysfunction. I had uh, an adopted father. I was adopted at 18 months old. I had my biological dad that I did not know about. They told me when I was six, but obviously I, did, I didn't care. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Um, and it never dawned on me that my adopted father had red hair and freckles and I'm, you know, Latina ethnic looking, you know, um, uh, my friends call me exotic looking. And so it never dawned on me. And then my parents got divorced when I was eight. And then my mom remarried when I was about 11. Um, so then that stepdad entered my life. And then I have my mom's first husband, my brothers and I have same mom, different dads. Their dad has been around since before, you know, before I was born, obviously I'm the baby, And so he's been like a bonus dad. And what happened um, was the author of lies, the enemy, the devil, when I was around 13, um, 11, when I found out I was adopted, he began to imprint words on my little soul, like bastard and illegitimate and unloved. And I never told anybody, Dan. And I let those, um, I let those words take root in my soul and I, it, it allowed a gateway to get into drugs and alcohol early, um, just fun times, I thought. And then I got into college and, you know, uh, tried hard drugs um, at, a, at a party. And, and um, before I knew it, it wasn't a party anymore. And I was addicted and I had an eight-year addiction. And only by the grace of God am I alive here to talk about it. And, um, and so I will talk about it and I will share for the rest of my life that whether it is sex, drugs, porn, food, gambling, you know, shopping, whatever it is that addiction will suck the very life out of us. And Nona Jones, another, another amazing author said, you know, shame is like mold. It grows in the dark. 
And when you put light on it, when you put the light of Jesus Christ and light of truth and the light of, hey, I'm, I've got a problem, um, friend, neighbor, church, you know, church buddy, I, I'm, I'm struggling here. I'm in the throes of addiction. That's when you start to begin the healing. You, you said in, in the interview that I saw that you actually accepted Christ at 13 years old. Uh, and, and then like a, a lot of youngsters do, and I, I don't know what your experience like. My dad is a pastor and a preacher and is still doing it at 75, but I came forward at a youth meeting at 14, got baptized. All I got was wet, uh, at that time. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know what your experience was like when it actually happened, but obviously what you committed to then and what your life became were not paths that were heading parallel to one another. No, and it's a it's a great point, and and I think this is worth saying too. They weren't, but it was absolutely part of the story and how God intended it because God got me at fourteen, and I went down that aisle and I felt it, and I was fully on fire and saved. Mm -hmm. And that being saved and knowing God is the only thing that brought me out of the addiction because in my throes of my addiction, He was still calling to me and saying, "I love you, my girl." I created you for more than this. It was never condemnation. It was conviction. I remember waking up one morning and having a vision of him in the corner of my bedroom. And it wasn't a mad dad look. It was a sad dad look. Like, I, I love you. You are more than this. And, and then he gave me a vision um, very uh, not long before I got clean. And, and it was, you're a runaway train going the wrong way down the track. And you're going to kill yourself, kill somebody else, end up in jail uh, or all the above and break your family's heart. That was the fourth. And, um, and, and I had wanted to quit. I was tired. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and, and lying and manipulating in those things. And, um, he supernaturally delivered me from that addiction. What was there one moment where you can look back now and say, I bottomed out this, this was rock bottom. When I was selling it to other people, mm. when I was contributing to the delinquency of other people. That's hard to admit right now, isn't it? Yeah. I, I can I can see it in your eyes that that's, that's hard for you to say, even though it's part of the story. Yeah, it still is. You know, and I am, like you, I you don't want to glorify anything, but I'm, in a way, I'm not grateful I hurt people. I'm not grateful that, you know, that I cause pain and, and damage. But the there is a small, weird part of, of me that is grateful that I walked through it simply to be able to say me too and to be able to stand in front of a women's shelter, like the love lady. And, and, you know, I'll go up there. Sometimes I'll be dressed up and I can see the women. Sometimes they're like, what that girl know? She don't know nothing about me, little miss fancy pants, you know? And, uh, and then I'll stand up there and I'll tell them and you can see their jaws drop, you know? And I, and what I say to them is there's hope on the other side and there's joy on the other side and there is hope and peace and love and you can get there too yeah i i have been enamored by radio since i was a kid my, my parents used to buy me radios and i would take them apart to see how they worked and and ultimately they didn't because i had messed them up so i i've <laughs> I've, I, I've been drawn to this business my entire life so i i couldn't help but smile when your turnaround and, and turn back to God started when you came across a sermon on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was, who was it? Do you remember? 
It uh, it was Joel Osteen, and and bless him, he's not my favorite now, and that's okay. You know, different strokes for different folks. Uh, but it was Joel Osteen, and um, and my girlfriend and I heard it on the way home from a weekend, a blowout weekend, and and both of us looked at each other, and uh, we both began to weep. And um, she was going down the same road. We'll never name her, and um, and we both. Uh, we both got clean and and um, have never looked back. And she's got a beautiful family and a beautiful life. And um, we're literally miracle stories. You rededicated your life to Christ, uh, as I'm reading, the next day yeah. and, and started 180 degrees in the other direction. How long did it take people to b- buy into the fact that you're not the same person you used to be? You know, um, that's a really good question. I think there were traits in my personality that are exactly who I am today. There was joy and I was social and I love people and social butterfly, but I was also again, flaky and manipulative and selfish and, and those things. And um, so I think the good parts of my, of my, who God made me to be were magnified and slowly those parts of me that weren't so pretty um, started to fall away. And so I began to shine, you know, like, like who I was created to be. And the people that loved me, loved me. Um, and there were, there was a, a, probably a, you know, five to 10 year period where some people that I used to do things with and, and, you know, um, in my iniquity, you know, I, I, they saw my life and saw me speaking and doing this and doing that and being pronounced about my faith. And and I knew that they were watching. I know that they're watching and, um, and I'm, I'm not wanting to beat anybody over the head. All I'm trying to say is, here's my life. Here's what God's done with it. And a lot of those people have come around. They've sent me private messages and said, you know, good on you. You know, um, I am a very uh, over the top uh, extra person. Joy is really my middle name. I'm giving it birth. And so sometimes people have a tendency to think that, um, like my friend PJ Fleck at, at Minnesota football, you know, they're like, is he really like that? Is he really like that? You know, all the time I'm like, yeah, he's really like that. Um, you know, and people have the tendency sometimes that don't know me or that used to know me, like, is this an act? Is this, you know, no, it's not. It's who I am. And, um, it's who I was created to be. And I don't know how long I have on this earth. So I'm going to walk out and be exactly who I was created to be. And, and the truth of the matter is that, there are some people who are never going to accept the change. There are some people who don't care. There are always going to be haters, as the kids like to say these days, who are going to try to to tear down and rob you of your joy, if I can use that. Uh, yeah. And you just have to remember where that joy comes from, and it comes from Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel Joy Rohi joining us here on this yeah. week's edition of the Dan Scott Show. Um, okay. I've made you cry enough. Let's, let's, let's have, (laughs) let's have some fun in, in the time that we have left. Uh, you've done a, uh, just an amazing number of things in your career, uh, as a broadcaster before we even get to some of the other stuff, blazing trails for women in, in the uh, industry, the first, uh, host of what college football nation on Sirius XM first female host, you actually strapped on the pads (laughs) and went through an NFL training camp. (laughs) and and i've seen i've seen the pictures you looked a little bewildered i know i know and i've got the i don't know where just made me think i was like where's my jersey my jersey's somewhere i've got to find it 
Um, but I do want to get it framed and put up on my wall. But yeah, I, um, I had a guy that would call in the show. I had, you know, a radio show in Columbus, Georgia. And he would say, girl, you don't know nothing about football. You ain't never strapped on a helmet. And he'd say it just like that. And I'd say, oh, yes, I do. I know. Yes, I do. I, I know about football. You know, two brothers offer a different perspective. But he just really annoyed me. And uh, my co-host at the time, his name was Mike. He he said he had this crazy idea. He was like, why don't you go out with the, you know, the Columbus uh, uh, Lions? And I said, okay. So we we asked the coach, you know, totally blindsided him on the air. And he was like, uh, uh, well, you'd have to sign a bunch of waivers. I have to check with the league. And this was a uh, a championship team, and so semi professional. And so he came he came back and he said, you know, look, I'll let you do it. He said, but here's one condition. I'm going to treat you like everybody else. You're going to get tackled. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and I, I'm built close to the ground, which is a nice way of saying I'm short, petite and short. And uh, so, yeah, so five days of two a days, um, I was literally bruised in, in areas I didn't even know you could be bruised, wearing <laughs> ice packs in places you couldn't, you know, I, I, I tackled wrong. They worried about me snapping my neck, literally, you know, I mean, I did all, I mean, I was just a walking mess. But it was one of those things I was telling my daughter. She did something hard the other day. My bonus daughter, she had a class that was really challenging, and she pulled this grade up. She studied her butt off and pulled this grade up. And I said, here's the thing. I said, that is going to be one of the things in your life where if you need to draw on inspiration that you did a hard thing, you can draw on that. And I said, I have things in my life like climbing Kilimanjaro or playing football that if I ever doubt myself that I can do hard things, I go back to Rachel who played football or Rachel who did these things and, and I draw inspiration from it. By, by the way, you, you do the Southern football fan very well, the, especially the radio talk show caller Southern football fan. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was right where you were for 17 years. You know, I did <laughs> sidelines. I did all the other things. Um, but radio was my, my first love. Mm. Yeah. Sports do, talk radio. Do, do you miss the, the sports at all? The sports What's casting? That? Do you miss the sports casting at all? I don't. Um, and my husband asked me that for about a year after um, after uh, I retired. And I'm I love the people. I'm still in it. I'm just in a different, you know. I'm just in a different um, role, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I I don't. I don't. I love the game. Uh, I love my media people. I you know I do some hosting every once in a while, like with the Chick Fil A Bowl. And, um, and so I, I, I was down on the sidelines last year for the Chick-fil-A bowl and I got to see all my media people I haven't seen in years and got hugs and, you know, love and all of that. And it was great. Um, but honestly, I found what sets my soul on fire and I haven't really looked back. I know we've only got a few minutes left, so I want to try to get through some things as quickly as I can. Yes. In, in one part of your book, you're, you're giving some, some old fashioned advice to girls, uh, about, the kind of man to look for. I mean, it's so counter to what culture is telling us today. I almost gave you a standing ovation when I was reading it. You know, uh, he has to love Jesus. Save yourself for marriage. And, and I'm a father of two daughters. So, you know, I'm, I'm and a pastor's son. So I was ready to pass the plate. You know, let's take up a collection right now. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I went, when I read that, that, that is so counter to what culture is telling girls today, Rachel. And, and it, it's almost like you have to be courageous to stand up and say something like that. 
I, I do. It was courageous. It is courageous. And I know I'm going to be attacked by the world for it. And that's okay. I'm asking God to strengthen my armor. Um, I'm asking ask my pastors and different people to pray for me, former pastors and current pastors to pray for me, because I know that is countercultural and sexuality, especially hypersexuality is sucking the life out of our little girls and our little boys feeling like they, every television show, all you have to do is turn it on. And within three episodes, they're in bed together. Um, the, you know, the twerking and the goodies and the this, and I tell little girls and big girls, you are so much more than your sexy bits. You know, what is your soul long for? Who are you? You know, what, what sets your soul on fire? And, um, so yes, thank you for saying that I'm nervous, but I'm also leaning into God because I needed to say it. And it's the very reason that I'm married. And speaking of which, we were joking before we started this, uh, your your book is called Relentless Joy, and apparently there was a guy out there who had a relentless pursuit of joy, right? Yes, my husband. Oh my gosh. You know, I met a lot of different people all over the world, and uh, and we were, I was at a speaking engagement, and I saw him, and he was so handsome, and, you know, not necessarily my type, but handsome, blonde suit, the whole nine yards. And I walk in the room to give the speech to give the speech. And my mother had surprised me with her best friend. And there were about three or four hundred people in the room. And he was seated next to my mother. And they began to talk. And he tells me later on, Hey, I fell in love with your mom before I fell in love with you. And so he's very direct that evening, later that evening, and said, Hey, I'm interested in dating you. You know, and I was just like, Oh, that was great. Like everything you wish for your daughters, Dan, that somebody is intentional like that about them. And, and it's cool that it kind of worked in reverse instead of meeting him and then introducing him to your mom. It worked, the, it worked the other way around. So she, you kind of got approval from her before you okay. ever met the guy, right? Yeah. And she passed away in 2019, but she got to meet his kids hmm. and him. And, um, she, you know, I feel her spirit a lot and I know that I'm going to meet her one day in heaven. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Tell me um, about I'm changing the narrative and, and anybody who follows you on Twitter knows that you have become a champion for mental health. Yeah, uh, absolutely. T- t- tell, tell me tell me about all of that. Yeah, I uh, had my what I call a dark night of the soul um, in 2019 after my mom passed away and had kind of the perfect storm of crap happen. And um, I had a night where I contemplated taking my own life and um, I began to talk about it uh, about a month later um, while I was speaking. And I'm changing the narrative starting in 2016. It started as Purpose Passion Platform, my own experience of domestic violence and what sets your soul on fire. I always thought I'd be a sportscaster and I would just do these talks on the side. Uh, it went FSU, then Clemson 28 days before they dismantled Ohio State and route to the national championship. And then from there, it took off. And here we are seven years later, and we've incorporated, as you mentioned, mental health. We've incorporated interpersonal relationships, joy, purpose beyond your job or athletics. Um, and I've been to 70 plus schools. I work with, I've worked with the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Northern Sun. I just got called by the NFL. I work with Border Patrol, law enforcement, churches, halfway houses, high schools, K through five, wherever they'll have me. So it's just blown up. And yeah, we were on the mental health train and topic before the pandemic even started as it related to my own dark night of the soul. And it was already a popular movement, but then it, it blew the doors off of it when I began to talk about mental health. And, and I think it's just a cautionary reminder for people who are listening to this game. I mean, this this is well after you'd rededicated your life to Christ. This is well after you've been on this, this incredible journey with Christ. And, and yep. yet Satan is still 
attacking and, yes. and, and got you to that point where you were considering those things? I mean, that, that's, that's a cautionary tale for anybody. Look, I think Satan attacks harder when you're a Christian and he never relents. I say this to people. I didn't, Satan didn't have to attack me when I was not living right. Mm -hmm. When I was backslidden, when I was into drugs and, uh, because I was doing it to myself, he didn't have to attack me. I was doing, I was doing all the damage to myself. Then when I became sold out for him again, rededicated my life, that's when I now look at it. Like I put my feet on the floor and I think hell says, crap, she's up. You know, she made it, <laughs> she made it, get ready, go attack, you know? And so where does he like to attack? He likes to attack in families marriages, um, your jobs, relationships, the places where it hurts. He comes to steal, kill, steal, and destroy. And he literally had me almost take myself out of this world um, for things that, um, one, the, the guy I had broken up with in late April, I ended up marrying. I'll see my mom in heaven. I can't change that. Mm -hmm. And I did lose everything. And I, and I, um, I built back and, and, you know, by the grace of God. And so, um, I just want people to know that, that I feel like we've got a plague of suicide on our land, a scourge of suicide. And from a mental health standpoint, I understand the, the psychology of it all, but I also understand there is a definite spiritual aspect to it. And, um, and the devil and, the, and his demons are behind it. And, and I suppose you don't mind me saying this because yeah. you have 23,000 followers on Twitter who see it yeah. anytime they go to your page, but you actually get, put your phone number out there and, and, and you have people who have reached out to you and texted you and saying, I'm thinking of doing this, and, and you're able to provide them with some help and send them to places to get help. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had, I've had three former players um, call me in the middle of the night um, having suicidal thoughts, and we were able to get them help and, and follow a, you know, a, a line of, you know, kind of demarcation, if you will, like next steps, next steps, next steps, a process that we've created. And, um, you know, I'm, I was doing a mental health talk last night and one of my team members messaged and said, I think my children's father is suicidal. What do I do? And I was able to give the numbers and, and what I thought she should do in the crisis hotline. And do I call, does he, you know, and so um, I don't know how I'll become the beacon for this, but it's a mantle that I wear proudly and I'll help people to the day I die. As we wrap up, uh, going back to something you said a moment ago, Dr. David Jeremiah, who's one of my favorite preachers, said that if you're not at war as a Christian with Satan, you might not even be saved. <laughs> so that that's one way you can be sure of, of your salvation. Um yes. We could go on. I know that you've got to go. I'm 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 going to turn Let's you loose. Let's just do a part two. Can we, we just do a part? We two? We, we can do a part two. We can do a part two. But but I do again want to tell everybody about the book. Yes. Relentless joy, finding freedom, passion, and happiness, and it's coming out. I've got a copy. You've got a copy. But when can the general populace get a copy? June twentieth. So it's June coming. 20th. Yeah, it's coming. And uh, you probably know this, but I'll tell your listeners in the book world, pre-sales are everything. So please uh, go and grab yourself a copy. We're also telling people, grab it for your office, grab it for your small groups, grab it for any of those things. Um, yeah, again, not for me, not for my own glory, but for it to get in, in more and more hands so that God can be glorified. And that's what I love about talking to Rachel, just like all the guests we've had on this show. What they want is God to be glorified because they know that he is the one that made the radical change in their lives. Rachel Joy Rohi is her name. The book, Relentless Joy, Finding Freedom, Passion, and Happiness. 
even when you have to fight for it, comes out later this month. If you are wanting to connect with her on Twitter, it's uh, at Rachel Barbo, B-A-R-I-B-E-A-U. That is her maiden name. You can find her there, and she is very active. She's very entertaining, and as you can tell, she is very much in love with Jesus Christ. We'll take a break. We'll come back and get into wrap-up mode for this week's show right after this. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways through this radio show and its accompanying online, digital, and video components through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org and through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help with this program and keep it on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. And above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you, and God bless. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is grandslamministries.org. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. dan at danscottshow.org and now, back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. This hour goes by so incredibly fast. Our thanks again to Rachel Joy Rohe for joining us. And again, her book, Relentless Joy, Finding Freedom, Passion, and Happiness, Even When You Have to Fight for It, comes out later this month. You can get it wherever you get your books. This is a wonderful read, and it's written in a, a very uh, entertaining, conversational style, but it doesn't shy away from those parts of her life that led her down that path she was on until Jesus came in and radically changed her. So you're, you're going to want to read the book, and it comes out again later this month. As we get set to wrap it up, just a, a couple of things that I 
probably don't talk about enough. I'm also a little wary about talking about it too much. So I, I find myself kind of in that, that nether region sometimes. But uh, the bottom line is to do what we want to do with Grand Slam Ministries and this radio show. It takes financial support. And God has, has blessed us. There's no question about that. Uh, beyond anything we could have imagined 22 weeks in to doing this. But there are opportunities to grow. There are core missions for Grand Slam Ministries that we want to start putting programs in place to support or come alongside other programs to support. And that's going to take financial help. What I'm praying about is really multi-pronged. Number one, as always, don't get ahead of God on this thing. That's the most important thing to me because I have done that before, and any of you who have done that before knows what a disaster that is. Secondly, I'm praying for God to lead me to businesses that have the same goals in mind for mentorship, helping children, and believe in what we're doing on this radio show, who want to invest from a nonprofit standpoint in what we're doing from a financial contribution. And then thirdly, from people like you. You know, I, I may have shared this before, but if we could get to 200 people giving $25 a month and 200 people giving $10 a month. We could do pretty much everything that we want to do from buying additional radio time, getting this show really nationwide on terrestrial radio and possibly even satellite radio down the road and begin funding these core missions. I've shared this before, really looking at this as a three-year process. Last year was getting the a nonprofit formed and all of the stuff that I had to learn about that and then starting to raise the initial money to get on our flagship station, which is 94.5 FM, The Answer in Greenville, South Carolina, a big 100,000-watt FM station that booms into four states. And then using the show as we continue to grow in this year, year one of the show but year two of the process, to get the word out about Grand Slam Ministries and, and start getting our core mission in front of people with the hope that by year three next year, beginning in January or shortly thereafter, we can start putting some teeth into these programs of mentorship and helping children that are so near and dear to our heart. They are our core missions along with sharing these wonderful stories of God changing people's lives. That's the the three-pronged mission of Grand Slam Ministries. So I would just urge you to prayerfully consider, if you're a business owner or you're an individual, if you go to grandslamministries.org or danscottshow.org, they're the same website, you can click a tab that says Donate. It'll take you to our page, and then you have the options of some predetermined monthly or one-time donation amounts, or in the bar below, you can enter a custom amount. And then at the bottom, as you get ready to process it, our partner Zephy 
does not charge us anything because they ask for a percentage of donation for the people who are making the donation to the nonprofit, you can choose a custom amount all the way down to zero if you want to. They'll offer you three suggestions, I believe, but there's also a blank bar where you can choose a custom amount there and decide what you do or do not want to contribute to Zephy to keep their platform free for us so we don't get hit with a service charge. That's why we use Zephy. So it's grandslamministries.org, danscottshow.org. It'll get you there. If snail mail is your thing, Grand Slam Ministries, P.O. Box 35, Central South Carolina, 29630. P.O. Box 35, Central South Carolina, 29630. I'm not a hard sell kind of guy. I know that God is going to send us the people who are supposed to be part of what we're doing. And if he's putting that burden on your heart, I just pray that you will go to the website and prayerfully consider helping us out financially. We also want to hear from you about what you think about the show, dan at danscottshow.org, or there's a contact form on the website you can fill out. I will answer every single one of those personally. That's a promise. And then finally, the other thing I'm praying about is more speaking opportunities to come and talk not just about Grand Slam Ministries, but to share the radical change that God has made in my life. I love sharing my testimony. I've been able to do it more often this year than ever before, but I'm in a bit of a lull right now. So I've got some openings on the calendar, and I will travel. If you want me to come and speak at your church or your men's group or organization, your team function, whatever it is, then by all means, just shoot me an email and let me know. Or you can call the Grand Slam Ministries telephone number 864-788-9596. Just prayerfully consider all of that, share the program, and help us continue to grow. We'll be back again next week with another edition of The Dan Scott Show. Until then... I'm Dan saying God bless you and so long, everybody.